Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Laura. I'm afraid to say your name. Start over. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Laura Vagenknecht. She is the pres- pre- she is the president and owner of Mosaic Business Consulting. She has decades of professional experience in planning, consulting, and executive coaching across multiple industries, and she's an expert in taking businesses to the next level. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So can you start with telling us a little bit about your background and how you became involved in business consulting and coaching? Yeah, it wasn't a linear path. Let's just say that. It was quite all over the place. So I started in music because that makes real clear sense and eventually shifted into going into psychology, actually worked in healthcare for a decade. And then I got my master's in social work and started not only providing therapy to clients, but also then found myself gravitating to the administrative roles and immediately got sucked into being more and more in the executive roles and doing work along those lines. And eventually I started doing some research and some teaching adjunct at universities. And so I ended up saying, oh, let me go back for my PhD. I didn't get the PhD. I did all but dissertation defense meaning the ABD status, right? But then I ended up finding myself after teaching at universities for about four four or five years, I guess, I found myself really missing the community and really wanting to be back in the community. So I went back into nonprofit, worked my way to the top, and then I found myself really going, okay, now what? Because we all have goals for ourselves and such. And I think I had gotten a little bit burned out and found myself really wanting to take a break. So I took a break and then I asked myself, how can I mix all these different skill sets that I have into one? And everything coalesced into coaching and consulting and and, and in the business realm in particular. So that was part of it. And then focusing on the women, I found myself really loving working with women and people of color and really just helping them advance their businesses as best I could. Yeah. Just have a blast doing it. With all your decades of professional experience and working in the executive coaching across multiple industries, what do you believe sets you apart from other business consultants? I think it really is the therapeutic background in many ways, because when we're coaching, there's a tendency for people to struggle maybe to share some of their more difficult or challenging parts of themselves and being vulnerable gets, it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable. And I think that I'm very lucky in that there's something about me that I've been told allows people to feel there's this warmth and safety that they can share in that space and that they know I'm not going to take anything anywhere. I'm, I believe in confidentiality 100%. So 
they know that this information is going to stay there and that they can share and there's no judgment. And it's more a matter of how do I take what they've got then and what they're dealing with right now and then move them into that next space without belaboring the challenge, really focusing on what are the solutions and how can we take them from there and move them into another uh, position so that they can be stronger in their company and in themselves even. Yeah. I think you point out something really important because I think that in business, isn't that the number one thing that's, that holds us all back is getting stuck in our own head. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that you don't know. uh, Sometimes it's not that you don't know what to do. Sometimes it's you're just double, you're just getting your head and you're overwhelmed. You're overthinking or Sometimes it's the confidence, is this going to work if I do it? And there's so many things that can get our, we get in our own way. Yeah. And you bring up something really big that I tend to work a lot with in reference to my clients is a sense of imposter syndrome. And this goes across the board, women and men that I work Mm -hmm. with. It doesn't, there's this assumption that it's only a woman's issue. It's so not true. And so I really do work with that, which a person feels like if I ask for help, then they're going to figure out I don't know enough, right? Or if I do something wrong, they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. Or if I say something wrong, they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. And all of these things lead us to then hold back and we prevent ourselves from actually moving forward and advancing. We are the ones who are holding ourselves back in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is when you're saying that, it made me think about, When I was first learning digital marketing, I was part of this marketing group and I would often go in there and post things and say, X, Y, Z is happening and I'm frustrated or whatever. I'd post my frustrations because I'm a pretty transparent person. I just put it out there. Like you said, not everyone is a safe place. Yeah. Even in that, I would get a lot of people and I'm not part of the group anymore for this reason, but I would get a lot of, of my competition attacking me. (laughs) and Mm. but what it allowed me to do was sit back and think oh everything they're attacking I've checked the box I'm doing all that or everything's fine and there is some power to even if you get some negative feedback that making sure that if somebody is coming at you that if that's the only they can they can think of and you've got all those box checks you're good (laughs) But yeah, yeah. so I think sometimes we get afraid of feedback, but even if it's somebody that doesn't like you, that you're a competitor or whatever, sometimes that feedback can be encouraging as well. And I always talk to my clients about competition is actually your friend. I think we assume that competition is this thing I've got to beat and I've got to overcome or something. And in fact, I find competition actually A, motivates us, but also B, gives us tools to say, but I'm not like that. Because you were asking me in the beginning, what makes me different? I think it it goes back to the title of my company, Mosaic. A mosaic to me is a bunch of pieces that when it's put together, you see that glass window and it's absolutely a mosaic of tile or a mosaic of uh, beautiful glass, right? And it makes this beautiful picture. And so when we think of businesses, we think of the pieces of the business and they're all different. And those different pieces, when put together in a certain way for your company or whatever, allows that beautiful picture to shine like your company. And I 
think that competition allows us to really figure what are those pieces that make us different? What are those pieces that allow us to stand out a little bit from our competition, that put a little different take on things that allow us to be unique and special and then make our way in the world in a different way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so important. So yeah. you focus a lot on empowering women and minority owned businesses and which is very admirable. What specific challenges do you often see these businesses face and how do you help them overcome those challenges? Oh boy, I would say new businesses starting out struggle with having strategy and systems in place that allow them to advance their business at all. That they, let me back up. I actually think it's that they don't niche their market. They don't go down, like coaches and consultants and therapists and stuff like that don't say, this is the type of modality I use for this type of client. So for example, I used to use a gestalt technique mainly for people with depression, anxiety, phobias, and things like that. And that's the kind of client I would work with, right? Being able to really niche down gets you known for X. So you want to know that people can go to you and say immediately, oh, you've got that issue, go to that person. That's what we want to get known for initially. It doesn't mean it's the only thing we work on, but it is the main thing we might be doing. For example, I'm known around town for being the person who provides the development of a really strong business plan that will get you a loan, that will get you something from the bank, right? And it doesn't matter if you're a service-based industry or a product-based industry, I can do both and get you money. So I'm known for that, but that is not the only thing I do. (laughs) I work with companies really within the first five years. But what I love is working with women in particular because Women just are phenomenal at what they do. And so I really like working with them and building them up and and just watching them flourish. It's just a joy. And I think that the main issue for the new business, like I said, is especially for service-based industries is to niche down. I would say for the ones that are in business, their struggle is to grow and expand. And what is the timing of the expansion? How are they going to expand? What kind of money do they need to make that happen? Where will they move to if they need to move location? What are the, especially for those in healthcare, it's a whole thing when you have to think of, I need clinical rooms versus, and each is going to need a sink versus I just need an office. So there are a lot of things to consider depending on what the industry is, but yeah, I would say, but I would say the other thing that a lot of businesses struggle with when they've been in business is staffing, that it's hard right now for all employers and business owners to have staff that are willing to come to the office that are the right kind of employee for the right position that they need to have filled that have not only the skill set but have that attitude or the perspective that they really want. And I find that a lot of people hire for the skill set and don't hire for the attitude. And the irony is that if they ha- handled the attitude, you can always teach them the skill set. 
but yeah. you can't teach them the attitude. You know this, right? Yeah. So that's a biggie I find that I run into a lot. And then having systems in place for things like having a policy and procedure manual or having a system, even if you're a solopreneur, how do you get in clients? Once you're engaging those clients, what are you saying to them? How are you then, once you get and convert the client, how are you engaging them in follow-up and continued engagement right from the very beginning? How are you onboarding them? How are you talking to them and all that stuff? So I think it just depends on where they are in their business, but I tend to work in the first five years of business and I seem to do really well there. So, yeah. So how do you work with them to develop more personalized strategies and keep them motivated and accountable? Ah, so the accountability is all I have to do is schedule a meeting with them. <laughs> and they're like, oh. I literally had a client this week who said, I got it for five. I've been working diligently to make sure I get it to you. <laughs> okay, let's not go overboard. But it is that kind of thing where they want to please, right? Mm-hmm. They, so just being, the thing to know is as a coach or a consultant or whomever, you're in a position of assumed authority. And so my question is, how do I take authority out of the room, but still make them want to get these things done, right? Because it's to help them. It's not to help me. Uh, If they're writing a business plan for me, that's not going to help me. It's going to help them. And it's really about reminding them what's their priority. What are the, what's on the, I don't make their priorities for them. I ask them, where do they see the priorities? What do they feel they need to work on right now? And then, okay, what are the ways in which we can do some steps to get certain little bits accomplished at a time that then get them to that bigger goal of what they want to accomplish? Yeah. Yeah. So I just do it piecemeal. So you have mentioned that you like to think outside of the box and do things outside of the box. How do you encourage business owners to step out of their comfort zone? And how does that really help with success in your opinion? It's that philosophy. I think if you always do what you always did, you're going to always get what you always got. And so how do you encourage people to do something different? One of the things, for example, introverts, I think struggle with how do you go out in public consistently network and don't get drained, right? So (laughs) part of that is figuring out how do you take an introvert and just say, okay, let's do it for, you're gonna do it for this two hour stint or this one hour stint. And you're gonna do it once a week and you're gonna meet people and that's it for your week, right? For that external exposure, selling yourself kind of a thing. Or coming up with strategies where they do a webinar online where they're actually not having to see anyone. So they can say as if they're talking to themselves and be online, that's another option. But coming up with strategies where they feel comfortable enough that they can actually fulfill that, it's not overexert themselves to the point where they're being fake. Because the other part is making sure that they're always authentic and genuine and real and not I always talk about values, but staying true to their own values of the company and themselves. And that way they're always aligned and they're going in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Can you share a few of your success stories? Oh, in the business plan realm, I would say getting someone $75,000 
and they're a travel agent <laughs> for a loan. That was pretty cool because they don't have a lot of overhead, right? So mm -hmm. what's the reason that they need that money? And I would say another success was working with one client in healthcare and she ended up having a 135% growth in one year, which is insane, right? But that was mainly due to her, but part of it is due to the strategic approach that we talked through and making sure she followed through on certain things in her marketing efforts and things like that really got her more exposure. And, and it wasn't just online, although online was critical, I think, but it was also being in person and networking and, and actually meeting people in different places in different ways. And, but the combination I think is really what did a great job of that. It's fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough, but yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. One more question. If you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? <laughs> don't take your time finding your niche. Find your niche, find it fast. But then also I think really strategize about how you would implement and target and focus on that niche and go full hog and allow that you will get other clients. Because like I said, 30% of my practice or my business is white men. It doesn't mean I avoid men. It just means that's not my target, but I get them because you get a reputation. And so what's that reputation doing? It's doing something good because you're getting people referred to you, right? Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, really wish I'd done that. <laughs> and keep track of your numbers. Keep track of your numbers. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. something that people don't like to do too? The numbers? Because- Oh yeah, because and, and that's black and white. Yeah. And especially I think in marketing and online marketing and all this, I talk to so many people that will they'll do some sort of promotion. Let's say they- they get to send something out in someone's email and they're going to do a promotion it goes out and nothing. And, but they don't look at the data and find out like, why was it nothing? And do you need to change up your messaging? Do you need yeah. to change your target market? Do you need to change? Yeah. yeah exactly. What is it? And yeah, I think that I would say a hundred percent of the people, I was going to say 99.9, .9, but I would say, I would say hundred percent of the people that I end up working with after they spent thousands upon thousands of dollars with on marketing tactics, thinking that's the secret and they're exhausted and they're burnt out. And, and they finally will come to me and we will actually work through their messaging. Yeah. It's and, so true. And when I think that it's, it seems like it should be easy, but even myself in my own business, I've, it's, it has been easy for me to get, you, you get stuck in your own head. So even if you know the stuff I think that sometimes it's easy to overthink and also think to yourself, I don't know what they need help with. And I don't know what they're, you know, what I should do the stuff on <laughs> content on. And you start to overthink everything rather than just having a solid strategy that you just plug in. This is what I'm going to do. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's so easy just to go off on tangents and just yes. random stuff. And I've been guilty of it. Definitely. Rather than having a solid plan. This is what I do. This is what I do every day. And then we execute and we're done. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And I think you also speak to what is prim primary, like, what do I need to get done this day, this week, then this month, 
to ultimately reach my target for the quarter or to reach my target for the end of the year. And we don't splice things enough. We So it becomes this, I'm supposed to come up with about 500 or 5,000 contacts, new contacts, so that I can make 100 sales or something like this, right? Yeah. So that sounds absurd. But then yeah. if, you, if you take it down to its finite, if you take a 5,000 and you divide by 12, right? And then you divide that by the week, it's actually not as many people. It, yeah. So if I said you needed to reach a hundred people per month, then you could divide that by four. Oh, that's 25 a week. Now, 25 a week, that's doable. Yeah. Contacting 25 people either online or in a phone call, 25 people in a week. You can make space for that. That's different than having to make a hundred per month. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even when I started out, I think I mentioned this to you when I started out, there were no networking meetings. It was COVID, right? Yeah, oh, Everything right. shut down. So I had to do the online thing and social media and all that takes time. Yes. And I didn't have time. And I reached out to, I think, a total of 6,000 people. And I met four to five people every single day. And nice. was, it, was it more difficult? Yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't have any work like people. But after one month, just one month of doing that, I got 20 clients. Nice. nice. And yeah. so if you can bite the bullet when you first, especially when you first start out, bite the bullet, yeah. go out there, whether you do it online, like I did, or you go out to all the networking meetings and you know, you're going to meet however many people, as long as you're out there meeting people, you're going to do good. And then, like you said, I, the social media and all of that is amplification because even if your sales takes place in person, with most of us, it does. And at a meeting or something like that, maybe you're going to go after an executive, but they're still going to look at everything online. They're right. still going to size you up. And and if you meet their needs and if you're really going to, if you really know what you're talking about, all of that. So I think it's really important. Yeah. So true. So true. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was great. Yeah. And if there's anyone that is, you have a number of things that you offer, but first of all, what, if somebody wants to get in touch with you to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? They can just go to info at mosaicbusinessconsulting.com. Okay. And they can reach me that way. Or they can go to my website at mosaicbusinessconsulting, not consultant, but consulting.com. So that's a, another one. Yep. Perfect. And I'll put all of your links down below as well. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Because I'm on, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. They can connect with me on Facebook. They can connect with me on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. And for everyone that's listening, thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. If you want information on this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone. And-